0: I'm Dr. Renee White and this is The Science of Motherhood. Hello and welcome to episode 100 <laughs> One hundred of The Science of Motherhood. I am your host, Dr. Renee White. If you have been here from the beginning, boy oh boy, thank you so much for sticking around. It has been one hell of a ride. I started this podcast in 2021. Oh my goodness. I'm just scrolling through all of the episodes that I can see. Our first episode aired on the 18th of March, 2021. So just shy of two years. Oh, this podcast was, uh, and still is, a huge passion project for me. It was, I guess, birthed out of the idea from when I was a scientist back in the day. (laughs) I've got a PhD in biochemistry and it is something that I am deeply, deeply passionate about and something that I Realized when I became a mum is that we are so overwhelmed with information wrong, right, good, bad, ugly um, information that we are just desperately trying to take in to be the best mothers that we could possibly be, the best people that we could possibly be. And I guess as a scientist, what I also recognized was the fact that I knew that most discoveries take 10 to 15 years to go from what we call bench to bedside. And so there's this huge gap between cutting edge research and data being published in amazing journal articles and the public having access to it. So my motivation around this podcast was always to bridge that gap. It was to Bring the experts, the researchers, the academics, the people in the know directly to your ears. Cut down those paywalls (laughs) that we more often not than see um, with all of these amazing research journal articles and bring them directly to you. And in today's podcast, being number 100, I wanted to share with you, 10 of my most, I guess, prolific things that I have learned in the last 18 months, shall we say 18 months, two years, there are going to be some that I have left off the list, but these are my top 10 and it has been one hell of a ride. But before I jump into that, I just wanted to remind everyone that whilst I'm not in front of the microphone all the time, I am leading the charge with our beautiful and highly trained and skilled postpartum doula team here in Australia where we look after mums and their bubs and their families after the birth of their children. And if you are looking for a beautiful gift for a mum to be or just a busy mum or even we've actually had a couple of people reach out when they're in early stage pregnancy because we know that it's super super hard and you're tired and you don't really probably want to cook much I definitely didn't in that first trimester so if you're looking for someone to help out give that moral support emotional support practical support make some beautiful nourishing meals that are going to replete all those micronutrients that we lose during pregnancy to our beautiful bubbers, head over to our website, ifillyourcup.com. We have got gift vouchers there, which are a perfect Christmas present. And our doulas are in Sydney, Newcastle, Melbourne, Geelong, Hobart, So please feel free to reach out because we would love to support you. And if you are looking for a gift from a mama who isn't in one of those locations, or you're looking for just something kind of around the under $100 price bracket, then head over to our website. We have got our beautiful mother load packs, which include our Chop Goji lactation cookie mix, our creamy coconut dal mix, and our postpartum sits, which are divine. So yeah, pop over to the website and you can get 10% off with the discount code Cup" or one word. All right, let's dive into today's episode. So when I was creating this list of my top 10, I guess, most prolific moments <laughs> during the podcast, I started right at the early ones. And I think When I was getting prepared for this podcast, I had a dream list, a dream list of guests who I just would have absolutely died if they came on the podcast. And initially, like we always are in, in life, we're a little bit scared and timid and we were brand new at this podcast. And I just kind of put my big girl pants on and thought, nope, that's it. I'm just going to send the email. And what's the worst that could happen? And so I sent out emails to some of my most admired people within the industry. And one of those people wrote back almost immediately and said yes to coming on the podcast. And her name is Lily Nichols. For all those playing at home, she was one of our first. So she was in episode seven. And if you have been hiding under a rock, (laughs) I will let you know a little about Lily Nichols. She is a registered dietitian and nutritionist, and she has got the most amazing book called Real Food for Pregnancy and Real Food for Gestational Diabetes. And the thing that I love about Lily is that she has literally taken the entire guidelines and food industry and all the shoulds and should nots about pregnancy and gestational diabetes. And she has researched thoroughly. She has been in a practice. She has seen what happens when we stick to the guidelines and how beneficial it is when we can tip it on its head. And she has provided the most amazing books and resources for women during pregnancy to really, really just load themselves up with amazing micro and macronutrients. So they are not just surviving pregnancy, but they are thriving. And, and the most important thing is that they're actually doing so much better postnatally as well, because they're not depleted of everything. So she was, she was my first big guest, I would say. My Definitely my first international guest. I had to get up super, super early. And at the time we were living in Melbourne and we were living in this kind of very open plan, kind of lofty type of townhouse. And I think I had to get up at like five o'clock in the morning or something like that. And in actual fact, I did the interview in our bathroom <laughs> because it was the only room that was away from my daughter where there was like all walls and a door that I could like shut off. And, you know, the acoustics weren't like horrendous. And it was so funny. I remember being so exhausted afterwards because I was just, I couldn't sleep the night before because I thought, oh my God, what if I sleep through my alarm? And, and then I got to the interview and it was great. And then I think, I think I made like the biggest blunder ever I thought that she lived in Canada or something like that for some reason, and she doesn't. So you should listen to the interview. It's actually quite funny uh, <laughs> because I just had no idea where she actually was. All I knew was that she was definitely in the Northern Hemisphere. So that was that was one of my favorite first interviews. Comment number two or point number two, I would say I was looking back over the podcast and I would say our most frequent guest, which I don't know how many other podcasts do this, but our most frequent guest. And I was shocked. I thought she'd only been on three times, but she's been on one, two, three, four times. Dr. Stephanie Perotta, who is just the most gorgeous individual. I think we first bonded over the fact that we both love food and she's actually Maltese as well, which, you know, If you're European, you'll get that. (laughs) So Steph is actually a registered dietitian, nutritionist, research academic. She specializes in evidence-based nutrition and her focus is around fertility, PCOS, endometriosis. And I am just so keen to learn more and more and more about that because I think it's something where we don't have enough airplay and we don't have enough funding in women's health. And she was amazing. She first came onto the podcast, I think it was episode 11, and we were talking about PCOS. And then we dived into endometriosis in episode 14 around like plans for conception and I guess that real holistic management. I don't think I appreciated... Before chatting with Steph, how important it was to have a really holistic perspective on the management of your endometriosis. And she is amazing. She is like, a researcher. She's in the clinic. So she really knows it's not just about theory. Like she's seeing the theory in action and constantly evolving. And then she was in episode 25. We spoke about the top five nutrients to eat during pregnancy, which is obviously something that's my passion project. And then in episode 41, we kind of shifted gear a little bit. It was still had that endometriosis undertone. But it was around gut health and we are seeing this. We are like literally the tip of the iceberg right now around gut health, microbiome, how that all functions. You know, we hear that our gut is our second brain. And so when we have disease states like endometriosis where there's a ton of inflammation and things like that, that episode was all around the latest research around how our gut may be influencing endometriosis and and how to kind of like mitigate that so yes Steph is our top guest she's our top repeat offender (laughs) point number three I have learned a lot about mental health on this podcast I have been very self-indulgent I think having particular guests on where I have asked questions, you know, just asking uh, for a friend (laughs) and some of the episodes around mental health have been just so amazing. And I think I wanted to start off with one of our episodes with Stephanie Poole, who is like just an amazing individual. I first met Steph, she was a postpartum doula, still is. I don't think she's practicing quite frequently anymore. But it was really interesting because she works in mental health as a counselor. And I think it was one of those like aha moments with me when I was talking with her and like, you know, she's been in the industry for so long. This is on episode 15, by the way. And she was talking about how she'd been in this kind of mental health industry for so long. And then she had her baby and her training made her aware and, I guess, really in tune with other people's mental health and knowing the red flags of, like, postnatal depression and, you know, birth trauma and OCD and things like that. But it was really interesting in the interview. Like, there was a moment where, you know, she made it really clear that even though she was an expert in that field, she was not immune. She was not immune to any of that. And she experienced and shared quite candidly how challenging her postpartum was, how difficult, you know, the postnatal depression was, how she would drive around with her son in the car because she was terrified to go home because of, the, you know, her mental state that she was in. And it was just one of those first kind of interviews where I thought, wow, okay, this is, this is, this issue is, is really big. And it took her a really long time to kind of, Piece it together to get the support, to vocalize it and you know, and get help. So that was that was a really interesting interview for me. The other one that has really kind of touched me, it was like it was it was a topic that I have been burning to actually discuss for so so long. And I just couldn't find the right person. I just was searching and then I was like, mmm. No, nah, no, nah, doesn't feel right. And then it actually was sparked by a conversation that I had offline. And you will know this person. I talk about her all the time. The beautiful Katie Parker, who is a counselor, a, a, you know, a postpartum doula. She is a business coach as well. She is just amazing. And I've been very, very fortunate to spend a lot of time with her offline whether it be on text, voicemail, in person, you know, it's beautiful. Our families have connected as well. She's originally from Tassie, so we've kind of swapped the hometowns. And the conversation we had, because it's something that kept coming up all the time in, in discussions that I would have with other guests and with other people, is why is it so difficult for mothers to ask for help? Oof. Episode 82 was, and it was a really beautiful conversation. And she pulled in so much stuff that I just had not even thought of. And I think one of the things that really left a lasting effect for me was the fact that in order to determine why we can't ask for help ourselves with our own children, we need to actually think and reflect on the imprint that we had as children and motherhood does that to you right like it just brings up everything and anything that you think that you have neatly packed in your box of emotions and tied a beautiful bow on and you know popped it into that (laughs) emotional cupboard of yours and then you have a child and it just springs out floods all over the floor and you are left to deal with it. And so having that discussion with Katie Parker was so beautiful. I loved it. If you are troubled by asking for help, which I am definitely the mayor of that town, I highly recommend you listen to that episode. There were so many nuggets of gold. Moment number four for me, has to go to episode 18. It was one of the early ones. We were still in lockdown, I think, and I was interviewing the beautiful Jan Island, who is one of the founders of Mama in Kensington, Melbourne. And Mama is a private midwife kind of practice. They also have um, breastfeeding clinics and, you know, a plethora of other allied healthcare professionals there. And this was a really interesting conversation. So I had reached out to Jan when we first started Fill Your Cup to build a partnership with her and her team as one of the go-to and preferred postpartum doulas in uh, Melbourne and went in for an interview and met Jan. And, you know, Just to give you a picture, this woman has been in the industry for like over 40 years she's been practising as a midwife. I'd like to say that she grilled me, (laughs) but that would be a lie. She didn't, but she asked some really hard-hitting questions and I so appreciated that because I loved the fact that she was so fierce and passionate and protective of her mothers that she was supporting. And so, you know, obviously at the end of the interview came out with flying colors and we were and still are one of the preferred postpartum doulas that they refer their families to. And then when I asked her to come on the podcast, I wanted it to be like an interview where I got to understand what the birthing system used to be like and you know, where we are today and how we've got there and things like that. And so whilst I was super curious about that, I think one of the things that I learned about Jan, and this is what you hear when people bring their personal stories, even though we have the data, we have the science, we have the insight, everyone's got this personal story that is fueling their passion, which is essentially why I do fill my cup as well. But if you listen to that interview, you will learn about why Jan does what she does. And it is the only interview that has brought me to tears because she has had some horrific moments in birth and she swore that she would never let that happen to anyone else. And I can tell you right now, she hasn't. Like that woman stands by her mother's till... The baby arrives, and thereafter, like she is a force to be reckoned with. But you will know that if you are a longtime listener, that one of the things we do is our rapid fire at the end. And one of the questions is, you know, what is your top tip for mothers? And Jan just really shook me to my core with her answer. And it was the fact that she, believes that every mum, you know during pregnancy should stand in front of a mirror, completely naked every day, look over their body, understand it, love it, be passionate about it. You know, accept and revel in the fact that their body is making this a beautiful human and really, really connect with your body before you enter labor, and the birth because it's that connection that you need with your mind and your body which is going to fuel you and, I guess, push through that labour process. And I just think it was such a beautiful thing to share. Um, It's something that... I personally didn't take a lot of photos when I was pregnant. It's not that I didn't like my body. It's just, I don't know. Like, I I think I had lost that connection with myself. And I think, you know, that comes with that whole redevelopment of your brain and matrescence and all that kind of stuff. But I thought that was a really beautiful thing for Jan to share. Number five. Oh man, this, This was a good one. This is one of those ones where I reached out to an expert and I thought to myself, oh, if she comes on the podcast, I'm going to be absolutely thrilled because she is the leader. Like there is no one else in the field who can top this woman. Episode 22 was with Dr. Nikki Mills. And can I say, it actually took me a really long time to hunt her down. (laughs) I couldn't find her email anywhere, and then I think um, I think I asked someone for it. Oh no, I found it on a, I found it on a journal article. So that's the other thing, everyone. If you're looking for an expert, find a journal article with it because they always have to have an email for people to correspond with. So I, I found it on a journal article, and so Nikki, for all those playing at home, is an expert in tongue ties, like the expert. So she's an ENT specialist and she has published several seminal papers and she has discovered the true anatomical structure of the frenulum. So that little, I guess, structure underneath our tongue that is highly debated about as to whether it's a tongue tie. And she went through the research and like, oh my goodness, It is fascinating. She just, you know, has worked so hard and has provided such a huge insight into the industry and I know so many other researchers are benefiting from her passion for this project. So that was a huge moment to have her on the podcast. Number six, again, another researcher, a mum, someone who I always reference in podcasts because I just think that she is one of the best. Like, she is just amazing. Dr. Greer Kirshenbaum, she's a neuroscientist. She has this beautiful, I guess, phenomenon that she discusses all the time and I discuss it all the time with everyone because I just think my goodness, everyone needs to know about this. The Nurture Bath, we talked about it in episode 28. We touched on it again in episode 74. But I guess for her, like, you know, she talks about sleep a lot, which is amazing, but it is about development. It's about connection with our babies. It's about understanding that the invisible work that we do as mothers, as parents, as grandparents is so, so important. It It is literally building the foundation and the life support for our children's mental health in the future. And so, you know, sitting on the couch with our babies and just holding them and not worrying about the dishwasher, putting the clothes on, entertaining guests, things like that, The nurture bath of dopamine, oxytocin, all the beautiful neuropeptides, all the new synapses that are being built in their brains just by being held and you taking your time and being calm and sitting on the couch and, you know, you cannot replicate that anywhere. So that was such a beautiful interview with Greer. I was so thrilled to have her on the podcast Moment number seven goes to Dr. Nicole Gale who she is a GP in Melbourne and she specialises in perinatal mental health and she's an IBCLC as well. And she is also the founder of the new facility called Juno which is going to be in Richmond, in Melbourne, and it is going to be like the Mecca for mothers in their postpartum, in their pregnancy. It is going to have all the beautiful allied healthcare that you need. It's going to be amazing. But one of the things that I loved about Nicole's chat was that we were talking about how we've kind of lost our way during Western society and how we can kind of reclaim that as well. And it is, I remember sitting in the interview and it's, it's strange when you interview people because you've got like lights on and, you know, and computer and, you know, lots of tech around you. And sometimes it can be a little bit distracting But in that interview, I just felt like she was sitting in front of me, like the conversations that we were having, the insights that she was giving. Like she discussed um, this moment where she was talking about, you know, the innate, you know, physiology of the breast crawl. Like it was amazing, like the fact that our bellies when we birth our babies are not supposed to immediately shrink because our babies use them as leverage to push their feet against as they're climbing our chest for that first breast crawl. Like things like that where you just go, whoa, yes, of course, of course, that is what we are built to do to assist our babies in survival. And we just need to like let go a little bit and let them do what is the innate function of their mind after their birth. So I, God, I bloody loved that interview. And Nicole has turned into a very dear friend as well, which is amazing. So I am so thrilled that she's opening this new hub in Richmond. So make sure that you check that out. Moment number eight. (laughs) This one goes to, we're going to go all the way back to birth. So Melanie Jackson, who came onto the podcast on episode 42, she spoke about what you need to know about the Australian birth system before you birth. And for me, it was such a huge insight, particularly as, you know, I've only birthed once, we're one done, but I guess it was just a real deep appreciation for not only your options, but why things happen in the birthing system. I thought that, you know, whatever you pay for, you get the best care and everything like that. And it's not that I didn't get great care, it's just that I think my choices were very much narrowed when I went with a private obstetrician and maybe that contributed to my spiralling mental health at the, at the end of my pregnancy. But I thought the interview with Mel was really, really insightful and it's definitely one of those ones where if you're pregnant or you're thinking about getting pregnant, I would highly recommend you listen to this episode. It really may sway you one way or the other and give you insight into things that you had not even contemplated. I think if I had another baby, I don't know I don't know personally. I know the data is there to support the fact that if you have a quote unquote normal pregnancy with, you know, minimal kind of complications, then you are safe. Safer at home. <laughs> when I use the word safe, you're more likely to have a physiological kind of labor at home with less interventions. I don't know if I would be brave enough to do that. I think I would definitely have. I would definitely have a birth doula. That is for sure. I'm not sure. I think I would have to put myself in that situation for reals to to decide. But. I thought that interview was really, really interesting. She had a lot of data, a lot of studies that she referenced. So, yeah, if you're thinking about what your options are, I would definitely listen to that episode. Moment number nine goes to Hannah Clark. Oof. Episode, oof. What episode was she? I don't even have it here. Episode 30. Yeah. Hannah Clark is, oh, she's kind of like this, (laughs) she's gonna hate me for saying this she's like the dark horse so unassuming she is just a beautiful individual she's an amazing sleep specialist like this woman just rocks my world the things I love about Hannah is that she's so holistic like she has taken I feel like the best of like so many different worlds and put them together and it And it's her ability to adapt to any particular family's kind of circumstances and to really keep an open mind about how she tackles every family's situation. That is what I love about her because we see these very strict regimes of like, you know, this is the schedule and this is what you have to go with. And whilst that may work for some families for, you know, a short period of time, I guess acknowledging the fact that, you know, here is a bunch of tools and these are all the tools that we have at our dispensal. And so, you know, she has been able to build an amazing community, both national and international and supporting them. And I think, you know, to have someone who is shaking up the sleep industry like she is, my hat goes off to her. She is bloody amazing and she just talks the talk and walks the walk like she is dynamite so if you're looking for someone who is a sleep specialist and you're not looking for something that is like a hard routine hannah is your girl a 110 all the way from like newborn to like toddlers and like you know floor beds and things like that how to wean bubbies at night all of it. She does all of it. (laughs) She's just bloody amazing. So yeah, I love her. Moment number 10, talking about big guests and just shooting for the stars. I would be, it would be remiss of me to not have this as moment number 10. It is arguably our biggest guest that we've ever had. It was a Hail Mary to reach out to her and... It was one of the most amazing interviews I have ever done. And it was like, it was that moment where I was like, do not fangirl Renee, like keep your, keep your shit together. <laughs> you need to get through this interview and don't be a complete dits about it. And I had read her book. It took me two goes to do it because it really frustrated me with the topic not her. The topic frustrated me, and it was something that I had to really, really grasp and be in a good mental headspace to do. And then finally, when she said yes, I think I ha- like I definitely screamed <laughs> when I got the yes email, and I remember just texting my husband, going, "Oh my god, you have no idea, this is going to be huge." And that was in episode 60 with Eve Rodsky, who is a New York Times bestseller, um, BFF with Reese Witherspoon. She wrote the book Fair Play, which has just oh, revolutionized, I think, so many people's lives. It's the acknowledgement of the fact that so many women go on maternity leave And we are at home for an extended period of time, whatever that time period is, three months, 12 months, three years, whatever. And so we pick up a lot of the domestic chores, but, you know, with that comes the mental load of like not just laundry and dishwasher and meal making, but also who's walking the dog Who's buying the gifts for the kid's birthday present, both your own and friends, you know, who's organising the insurance, who's paying the bills, who's organising date night, you know, if that's happening. And so when we then go back to work, if we do, when we return to work, that is one of the conversations that is like so, so hard to first of all get back there after you've had kids because so much has changed. But then the acknowledgement of the fact that you have either a casual part-time or full-time job, what's happening with the workload and the mental load at home? Who's picking up that slack? Because you don't have enough time in the day if you're going to be working and doing all of that at the same time. So you're effectively got like two jobs. So her book Fair Play, and it also is a, is um, in cards as well. I have a set. I have played the game. <laughs> with my husband and she fueled my fire to, I don't want to say stand up for myself because that's wrong, but I think the word is courage. She gave me the courage to say, Hey, I have a full-time job as well. And I'm taking on all of the load or not all that's, that's wrong. I'm taking on a considerable amount of domestic duties here and the mental load of, you know, running the house things have got to change. And one of the things that I really loved about her book and in the interview is that she gave you dialogue. Like she literally gave you scripts of this is what you need to say to your partner in order to engage, get them on board, teach them how to play the game, and keep the game going. And I love that because I see a lot of people I see a lot of people preach about what we should and should not be doing, but they don't necessarily give you the tangible tools to actually, you know, implement that. And Eve does that so beautifully in her book. And she is just, she is a fierce woman and I bloody love it. And, you know, some of the stuff she said in the interview was just mind-blowing, the statistics around you know, the contribution that women are making that is just going completely unacknowledged here in the world. So yes, that has got to be one of my favorite moments in the past 18 months on this podcast. So that is my top 10 moments of the science of motherhood and the lessons that I have learned. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who has been here from the beginning, who has picked up the podcast two episodes ago, or maybe this is your first episode listening. A huge thank you for all of your support. It does not go unnoticed. And if it is something that you've got time to do, I would so love for you to leave a review Pop in some stars, send me a DM, tell me what you want to hear next in the next 100 episodes of The Science of Motherhood. Huge thank you for sticking around. Until next week, see you later.